Welcome to this week's energy show. Net metering is the way you get billed for electricity once you have rooftop solar. Basically, you buy electricity at the retail rate from the utility at night, and during the day, you send that electricity back. The electricity that we're getting here in California is mostly generated from natural gas, and probably the average electric rate that people with houses are paying is somewhere in the range of 20 to 25 cents a kilowatt hour. So during the day, when you're generating excess power, you have these solar panels on your roof, nobody's home, air conditioning's off, you're able to sell that power back at the retail rate. So you buy at the retail rate and you sell at the retail rate. And it's great because during the day is when the grid needs the most power. It's a simple, elegant, and fair way, and this is what net metering is all about. It's fair to everyone except the poor utilities who really make their money by selling you electricity. When you have solar panels on your roof, the utilities don't make as much money because you're not buying as much electricity from them. So the utilities have been fighting hard, especially recently, to overturn net metering. They want to continue their monopoly for the only source of electricity, and they want to maintain their guaranteed 10% profits. So what's happening now in California, it's a big battle. It's a battle all over the country. But here in California, there's proposals out there at the Public Utility Commission to change net metering for new solar customers. And that's bad because the payback for rooftop solar is going to go from where where it is now, which is five to seven years, up to about 20 years. They're going to add extra fees that are going to basically kill the growth of solar in California and result in really a lot of layoffs and, and a lot of economic hardship. Solar's been the fastest growing industry in California. There's over 54,000 people working in the solar industry now, more than all the California utilities combined. And when it comes to these net metering issues, California's in the eye of the storm of figuring out what's fair and how to proceed. And CalSEA, which is the California Solar Energy Industries Association, is the focal point for the net metering fight. CalSEA represents all the solar companies and represents the consumers who have solar in California. So my special guest today is Bernadette Del Chiaro. She's the executive director of CalSEA. And I've known Bernadette for almost 15 years. She's been a tireless advocate for solar customers and solar businesses in California. So I'm glad she's on the the radio with us today. So welcome to the show, Bernadette. Thanks, Barry. Great to be here. All right, great. Anything you'd like to add about my simplistic explanation of net metering? You know, you gave a great explanation. My experience is a lot of consumers still get a little confused with net metering, but at the end of the day, what this is really all about is the utilities trying to fight for their monopoly and for the old way of doing things and trying to basically strangle rooftop solar, which is their number one competition. And it's up to the Brown administration and specifically the Public Utilities Commission to basically prevent the utilities from killing rooftop solar uh, through these through doing away with net metering. It, it's the foundational policy that's made it possible for over 400,000 consumers in California to go solar. And if they do away with it, it will make it uneconomical, as you described, to go solar. What's the history of net metering, both in California and in other states around the country? Well, net metering started in California, actually, in the mid-1990s. Of course, there weren't a lot of people going solar back then, so it sort of flew under the radar, and the utilities you know, just didn't really care one way or the other about it. After the electricity crisis in 2001 here in California, consumers started to wake up to 
the monopoly and the lack of service that they were getting from their utility company and, and really looking for other ways of getting their power. That combined with increased awareness for climate change and other environmental problems, we started to see a lot of interest in solar pickup and therefore more consumers adopting this net metering policy. We've then, you know, seen obviously tremendous growth thanks to incentives like rebates and tax credits combined with net metering to make it to where today, every three minutes, a new person here in California goes solar. So that has then spread like wildfire to other states. We had, New, you know, New Jersey and New York and Massachusetts and Hawaii and a bunch of other states adopting net metering. In fact, every state that has a growing rooftop solar market has net metering. It's, it's quintessential to accessing solar that hits your roof. And the interesting thing is we're at a kind of a crossroads right now. The utilities have finally realized that they need to kill this rooftop industry in order to save their profits. And so they have launched a multi-state campaign to get rid of net metering. They were successful in Arizona, and that state saw a 90 uh, – in Phoenix, Arizona, there was one utility that did away with net metering this past summer. They saw a 95% drop in customers going solar within one month. And we just got word that the state of Hawaii has just done away with net metering. And they're putting their sights on sort of the heart and soul of America's solar market, which is California, and hoping to take us down as well. We're really asking everybody to step in and join our fight. We've, there's a, a new website, which is saverooftopsolarca.com, which has a petition. We're working to get generate 60,000 petitions at least uh, into the Public Utilities Commission in support of solar. Yeah, that's amazing. I just read about that situation in Hawaii, and what they want to do is cut the net metering reimbursement rate by about half. So imagine in California right now, you you can send power back at 20 to 25 cents a kilowatt hour that the utilities want that, to make that 10 to 12 cents. And, and that just at least doubles the economics for buying solar. So Yeah, I mean, basically, they want to make solar two to three times more expensive here in California. It's the exact same policies that they're proposing here. PG&E almost cut and pasted what these other utilities have done in other states and are proposing it. And it would just basically pull the rug out from underneath the consumer's ability to go solar by making it more expensive. They basically want to penalize homeowners, businesses, schools, farmers that are digging into their own pockets to be part of a revolution, and they want to make penalize you and make it more expensive. Yeah, so let's talk about that. Uh, you know, I, I like to try and to look at a broader perspective instead of being all about us in the solar industry. Why is it good for consumers? W- what's the economic rationale? Why is net metering an efficient way of generating clean power? Well, solar power, rooftop solar power is good for consumers for two main reasons. One is it, you know, our electricity bills are one of the things, the constants in our lives where they're going to continue to go up in price. And a lot of us are paying a lot of money um, to, to just keep our lights on in our homes. And solar power makes so much sense in California because, of course, the fuel is 100% free and extremely abundant and reliable. And so solar power allows you to basically lock in your electricity prices now and lock it in for the next 20 to years um, by by putting this rooftop solar panel on on your roof. So it's a really good deal for consumers, uh, combined with the fact that thanks to economies of scale and the growth in the market, we've been able to lower our prices over 50% in the past few years. So solar is quickly becoming affordable to everybody. The other reason why 
rooftop solar is really good for consumers is in the macro level, and that is by creating competition and choice. We live in a monopoly utility environment here in California. Consumers basically have no choice other than buying electricity from you know, PG&E if you're in Northern California. Solar is the one other option, really, that we have today that's available throughout the state that allows consumers to choose a different option. And that's important because consumers always win when there's competition in the marketplace. Yeah, I mean, I remember when we were working on the California Solar Initiative and additional incentives and improving net metering. And part of the rationale was that California has peak power demands in the afternoon. And for for people or or businesses that have solar panels on the west-facing roofs, what's actually happening is... Uh, people are sending power back to PG&E when, or, or the utility, when they need it the most. And, what, and the way utilities work is at these peak demand times, they fire up these old gas generators or they start drawing on hydropower, which we hardly have any of anymore. And that's very expensive. So the utilities are actually, in a very large way, getting a free ride for power at that's peak exactly, times. Yeah, that's exactly right, Barry. And what's more, two things to add on to that is we're generating that electricity during peak hours, hot afternoons, when our air pollution is at its worst. And the best thing you can do during hot, sunny California afternoons is generate pollution-free electricity so we're not creating smog that causes asthma and other problems throughout the state. The other thing, as you touched upon, is the drought. California actually is very heavily on hydroelectric power as part of our energy mix. We've seen hydroelectric power outputs drop in some cases by 50% this past summer, and yet the lights have stayed on. California regulators have admitted that this is actually in large part due to the growth of, of solar throughout the state of California, that we're actually helping keep the lights on because in the aggregate, we now have the equivalent of about six coal-fired power plants up on rooftops throughout the state. So there's really tangible benefits to all of those homes and schools and businesses that have gone solar for everybody throughout the grid. And, you know, I I remember another situation a few years ago. It was a really, really hot afternoon. And the neighborhoods, and all these little neighborhoods, all residential neighborhoods, people had their air conditioning cranking. And what happens is that the wires that are going to every house are getting overloaded. The transformers on those utility poles are getting overloaded. And so what the utilities would have to do is change those transformers, add additional wiring. It's very expensive, and they get to rate-base that, so they get to actually charge consumers more money for upgrading that infrastructure. As opposed to the other way of doing it is if you have, like, one house out of five with the rooftop solar system on it that's cranking out five kilowatts of power, that neighborhood doesn't need that infrastructure upgrade. So there's a lot of savings that ratepayers get by not having to upgrade all this local infrastructure. And then the thing about the fight is, the flip side of it is, the utilities make a profit on that infrastructure. And they want to build, put more transformers in, more power lines, more utility power plants, because that's how they generate their profits. And solar basically diverts that, and they're not able to, to get those benefits. That's exactly right. You really hit the nail on the head there. In California, utilities make their profits. They, it's called a return on investment. They get a guaranteed 10 to 20% return off the top, on just pure profit, for every uh, infrastructure project that they build. And so they have a built-in incentive to not just build more infrastructure, but build it as expensively as possible. And those infrastructure projects typically are big transmission lines, and sometimes it's upgrades to to the distribution system. 
But basically, when we go solar and we provide these benefits to the community at large, it makes it it reduces the need for those big infrastructure projects. And so that's really where this is ultimately about transitioning to a clean energy future that cuts against the utility's current business model for making the money. Yeah, and it really is a business model fight. And so just specifically what we can do about that business model fight and make sure that we're continuing towards this clean energy rooftop solar economy is, as you said, it's that website, Save Rooftop Solar CA. Is it ca.org or ca.gov? All right. So it's saverooftopsolarca.com. And that's where people can submit petitions and, and commentary to the legislators, to the PUC about how we want to continue this really clean, inexpensive form of electricity, which is the future business model as opposed to the old-fashioned business model. Now, I read in the paper, and it kind of kills me when I see these claims that the utilities are saying that solar is bad for consumers, net metering isn't fair, only rich people have solar, things like that. How do we react to that kind of criticism? Well, just the facts. I mean, I think all of us know, we look around and we know that more and more people are going solar. It's becoming extremely mainstream. The data shows that the fastest growth in rooftop solar over these past couple of years since we've seen our prices drop and we've seen the addition of no zero down financing options for people who don't have a lot of money in their savings account to put toward the rooftop solar price. We've seen low and moderate income as the number one kind of growth area for solar. We also are seeing a lot of truly low-income, affordable housing tenants and other projects like that being able to go solar thanks to to different uh, innovative programs. So solar has a long way to go. Only 3% of ratepayers statewide have rooftop solar. So we are not exactly taking over the market just yet, as the utilities would like us to believe right now. But we are increasingly becoming affordable and accessible to all Californians. And the irony here is let's just say solar still was only for wealthy, and it's not, but let's just say it was. Making solar two to three times more expensive, which is essentially what the utility proposals do, would you know, go in the opposite of making solar more affordable to people of low and moderate incomes. So basically the these really are, you know, throwing that out there as an excuse because it'll stick, that that stereotype of a typical solar owner will stick. Uh, but the reality is California regulators need to see that for what it is and continue to make solar more affordable and more accessible by saving net metering. Yeah, I mean, it's terrific that the prices have come down and, you know, you could have a lot of moderate income people easily afford solar and low income people can take advantage of some of those special programs. And then, you know, I hear these advertisements or see these advertisements about how, you know, people in lower incomes, are their rates are going to go up. But they have to realize that California electric rates are already structured in such a way so that if you are very low income, you can go on something called the CARE program. So they, they get guaranteed inexpensive electricity already. So it's definitely not affecting them. It really does come back to the utility. So if the utilities are so not in favor of solar, why are utilities putting up so many utility solar power plants all over the country? Well, when utilities are mandated and required by laws to to shift to renewable energy, they oblige because they have to. And when they do it, they're comfortable with kind of, again, the same old, same old of build a big giant power plant out in the desert build these big expensive that they get to rate base and profit off of transmission lines into our cities 
and you know it keeps that same relationship that they have to us as the consumers so again they they sort of begrudgingly come to the table of renewable energy when forced to but at the end of the day those large scale plants uh, power plants sort of just keep with the same profit model that they've been existing under and rooftop solar really turns the tables it switches things up we're sort of the equivalent of you know uber for the taxi industry right we we are giving consumers more choice and more options and the utilities just don't like that yeah it's exactly it's a perfect example new technology disrupts those old business models what's been amazing to me is that a lot of the utilities after they met their rps requirements are saying hey you know this solar stuff's actually pretty cheap way of generating power let's keep installing more solar so they they actually like to continue to install these big power plants but they're selling the electricity back to consumers at the same high rates and they're rate basing it so they're making those profits and they basically have demonstrated that solar is cost-effective. They just want to be the ones that are providing it. So let's get a little bit more specific. In California, how do utilities want to change net metering? With the utilities, each of the three investor-owned utilities in California have a slightly different proposal. But in essence, what they are all three asking and proposing is two different main attacks on solar that make rooftop solar more expensive for the consumer. One is, as you mentioned earlier and talked about, the compensation rate, what you get as the value of that credit for those electrons that you send back to the grid. And again, for those of us who have solar, we get this because we've seen our meters turning backwards. But for those who don't, on a day like today, if you're at the office, you're not at home, and your solar system is generating more electricity than your home needs that moment in time. What net meter allows you to do is get a credit valued at the retail price that you would otherwise be paying, and it allows the utility to basically sell that electricity to your neighbor at full retail. So the utility sort of remains full. You get that retail credit. What the utilities would like to do, the first thing, is cut that incentive in half to one of what you're currently getting. They want to basically pay you bargain basement wholesale price for that electricity and then turn around and sell it to your neighbor at retail. Now remember, what is incredibly unfair about this is that you, the homeowner that put the solar on your roof, you did so at your own expense. You essentially built a mini power plant, an infrastructure project for the rest of the state out of your own pocket. So it is totally fair for you to get full retail rate, not only because you know, you invested, you made that investment, you put your roof up as, as a, you know, infrastructure project basically for the state, but also because of all those air pollution benefits and grid benefits that we talked about earlier that your solar system provides. So utilities would like to slash that and, and pay you bargain basement prices for it. The second thing they'd like to do is even almost maybe more absurd is they would like to slap special fees on you, prices on you that would only be attached to the fact that you have a solar system on your roof. So, for example, they've proposed what's called a demand charge. It says that you're going to get a special fee every month based on whatever's the maximum electricity usage that you log at any 15-minute increment of time. So it's incredibly complicated, and it's almost, you know, we'd have to spend a whole show dissecting what this means. But in essence, they want to basically make you pay a couple hundred dollars a month more just by virtue of having a solar system on your roof. Yeah, it's amazing. I hear them say, well, solar customers are getting a free ride. You know, candidly, out of all the solar systems I've installed, even in the one in my house, 
which is like way oversized currently, I'm still paying $5 a month to the utility. And most of our customers are still paying, you know, maybe $25, $30, $50 a month. So it's not like any of these solar homeowners are getting a free ride. There's always that $5 a month meter charge, and the vast majority of people still have a little bit of a net bill. So they're not getting it for free. They're still paying for the utility. They're still paying for that connection at night. And they're still generating that extra power that the utilities really need to to send to their neighbors during the day. So how are the utilities fighting against net metering? What are some of the tactics that they're using? Well, and, you know, I want to make sure I point out that anybody who has gone solar already, if you are at home or at your business and you have a rooftop solar system, you are grandfathered in to the existing net metering tariff that has helped build the market. That's an important thing for consumers to understand. And if you get in in the next six months in PG&E territory, six to eight months, or maybe actually get a little bit longer in PG&E territory, you will benefit from that grandfathering. So I just want to be clear to not scare people who have gone solar or thinking about going solar right now. But in which utilities are attacking net metering is they, it's, a, it's a very – premeditated uh, campaign plan that is uh, we're seeing pop up in multiple states. And it's essentially, Barry, what you've already mentioned. They are attacking net metering in the media and with policymakers, and they are spending a lot of money supporting, you know, legislators in the Capitol. They spent $17 million on uh, campaign contributions in the past year. And all of that, you know, turns into supportive thinking on their behalf in the, in the legislature and, and, and where, other policy and, and where did that $17 million come from? Is that from ratepayers to begin with? Yes, that comes from ratepayers. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, you know, it can all make you pretty frustrated and make you a little cynical. But at the end of the day, California has a tremendous track record really the envy of the country and in some places throughout the world of consistent policy support for renewable energy and and specifically for rooftop solar. I mean, we're the number one market in North America. And like I said, the envy of the world for our consistency. That right now is in question. And I think all of us know that the Public Utilities Commission, you know, has not always done the right thing for consumers and has not always stood up against the utilities. So I think there's a real threat here. But the good news is if we voice our support for rooftop solar, if we stand up and say, you know, save rooftop solar and keep giving consumers this choice, if we can collect those tens of thousands of petition signatures, uh, you know, the governor and his commissioners will hopefully hear it and we'll we'll do the right thing. Right. So specifically, how can our listeners help the solar industry fend off these utility attacks and really protect consumers who want to go solar in the future? Yeah. And we, a new poll just came out this past week that shows that nine out of 10 Californians favor solar power as a form to generate energy. Eight out of 10 voters think that net metering should stay as it is. And uh, another 8 out of 10 think that the utilities have absolutely no business meddling with rooftop solar and the competition and that consumers should, should have that choice. So we're hoping that the governor and the Public Utilities Commission hears that loud and clear. And then again, through the website www.saverooftopsolarca.com, 
you and the listeners out there can can have their voice heard as well. All right, good. So we'll have that URL on, on the Cinnamon Solar website. It's on the Calcia website. That's calcia.org, C-A-L-S-E-I-A.org. And we're just going to get the, the message out there. And any of our listeners, anybody uh, here in this show or hearing the podcast, please fill that petition out. Um, well, that's all the time we've got on this week's Energy Show. Thanks, Bernadette, for joining us today. And thanks to all of our listeners. If you missed any of today's show, you can go to our website at cinnamonsolar.com and listen to the podcasts. 